Hey, what's going on, you guys? Welcome to episode 86 of the Ron and Don Show. They heard your plea. Now you got three. You have three episodes of the Ron and Don Show. We drop every Monday, every Wednesday, every Thursday. And again, episode 86 is all brought to you by our good friends at Les Schwab. In fact, we are live from the Les Schwab Studios. We've taken the Les Schwab Studios, though, and we've cut them in half. So part of the studio right now is on South Lake Union. And then with a helicopter, we move the other part to Queen Anne Mountain. I just have the Schwab Studios, and you have the Les Studios. (laughs) That's good. Anyway, uh, we're doing what a lot of you are doing right now. Uh, We are social distancing. And we're also wondering how we can help in the community. We're going to talk about that in a minute. And then also, because we're involved in real estate, we're licensed brokers with Windermere, a lot of people have been having this conversation. Should real estate agents be representing buyers and sellers in this market right now? And do we feel like it's essential? Uh, even within our own office right now, there is really a big difference of opinion, you guys, when you talk about what's essential and what's not essential. Anyway, I, I woke up today and I did what I did in the morning because uh, we have to attend to my son and his school and everything else. And then when I opened up my social media uh, platforms, uh, I don't know, just about an hour or so ago, I read something I, that I thought was really powerful, Ron, uh, that you are experiencing right now. You wrote about it. Uh, and I think a lot of people out there are experiencing it too. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I think um, it's hard. This is harder on me than I thought it was going to be, the social distancing. And I guess I discounted, like I'm a, I'm a person that when I, let's say, go into the office in the morning, I know all the people I'm going to go talk to. And I always take 10, 15 minutes and I, I sit down and I say hi to Shelly and I sit down and I say hi to Juanita. And then if Peter's at his desk, I go over and chat with him for a minute. And if Patty's there, I see how her weekend was. And so I just, um, I think I take for granted, and we even did that in the in the radio bits, like guys like Tom Tangney. Yeah, we would talk about a movie that we saw or about something, a book that we read or whatever. And you just have these relationships, Rachel Bell. Still to this day, a great friend, just someone that you could say, oh, you went on a hike this weekend. What happened? So um, I'm finding that I'm, I'm missing that daily interaction and then slipping into some bad patterns like, you know, reaching for comfort food, uh, reaching for an alcoholic beverage, uh, binge watching shows where, you know, waking up and being in sweatpants and staying in sweatpants all day and going, I, I didn't take a shower today and I didn't shave today. So um, stepping on the scale and going, okay, I've, I've gained five pounds uh, since I've been doing social distancing. So I uh, am trying to break that a little bit. And so I said, I'm going to go out on a walk today. Uh, I actually um, did a walk with uh, a woman that I'm dating and we tried to, we remained relatively socially distant, but trying to strategize, like, how do we see each other? How do we, how's this going to work? And so I was walking and I never really noticed it before on these little metal covers that cover panels on the sidewalks in South Lake Union. People, the, whoever installed them, put um, little words on some of them. And some of them are for businesses. Like I saw one that said King Five. And I saw one that had the name of a business. But one of them, and I don't know if this is the name of a business or not, but one of them said Meet Me. Uh, on in in inscribed with like a, a 
a welding torch. So it looks like someone just took a welder and freehand wrote meet me on this metal cover. And so I took a picture of that. It just, it made me smile. And it made me also realize that I, I do want to meet you. The proverbial you in air quotes, like I'm missing the, the human connection and missing the ability to just, even like you always talk about, you go to Ken's market, you say hi to the person checking you out. You might chat up someone that you haven't seen in a while. You might go, oh, I'm by Charles' house. I'm going to just swing by and see if he's home. Like you miss being able to say, meet me. And so I put that out on my socials today. So I think other people are probably feeling that. And then I, I did little things to try to get a routine. Like I emailed you. I was like, Don, I need a routine to where you and I are radio partners and we're also business partners. Like what's our routine going to be so I can look forward to that. And, and I did my meditation this morning. I did a little workout, did a walk, like read, did the, the stuff that I normally would have done. I took a shower, I shaved, I put on a pair of pants instead of sweatpants. Uh, it's been tough. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to take this seriously. A mutual friend of ours, and I'll let her tell you about it, her best friend's dad just died from corona. So it's like she's going, I'm taking this very seriously. I was like, yeah, I probably should too. Um, do you try to stay in the moment of today? Does it get overwhelming when you're like, okay, the president said two weeks and then they said four weeks and now it's 45 days. Now we're learning that the numbers in China are under, they can't be true because China has shown almost everybody that had COVID-19, they show them as being recovered. When you look at other countries around the globe, uh, the people that have COVID-19, it takes a while. It takes a while for them to recover. And then when also you think about the death toll, I think for China, because we, we believe that this, this originated in China, uh, I think, I, don't, I, I just don't know that they're telling us the truth. And if, they, if, if we rely on them like we were initially, Ron, we'd say, okay, you know what? They went two and a half months, then they got on the other side of this, everybody's back to work, and here we go. Uh, there, there's no way those numbers are accurate. I, I was just doing a deep dive on that. Just yeah. mathematically, they have 1.3 billion people. I was just in Shanghai for Thanksgiving of last year, and the density is mind-boggling. Uh, the the size of the cities are, you know, Shanghai is 25 million people. Uh, it's like two New York cities. So it's just um, to say that they have fewer cases. Uh, than the United States. Here's how they can have an out, though. It's confirmed cases. So if you're not testing people in a medical certainty, then that's not a confirmed case. So so, there could be someone right in front of us that has every symptom in the book, that is coughing and has fever and has body aches and has fluid on their lungs. If we haven't tested and confirmed that they're a COVID-19 case, it's not a confirmed case. So China could say, we have 86,000 confirmed cases. Well, how many tests did you do? 86,000. You know what I mean? It's like we don't. So the United States, um, and that's one of the things I encourage people to go out. I was just reading a, a failing New York Times story on watch what sort of graph that you're looking at. Because if you look at the 
the the one the regular graph that just has time and numbers as the axes and then you see it going up like a rocket ship that's not really uh an accurate way to judge things right now because you're having increased testing so you're increased positives and so that number that it looks like a hockey stick going straight up if you look at there's a way to do those graphs called a logarithmic scale which is a much more accurate scale because they you know it's weighted for different different things still not good the the graph is still going up but it's not taking off like a rocket um, and the United States still needs to figure it out. There's a financial times story that shows the state of Washington and those numbers are actually encouraging Washington state and the, the measures that we've enacted versus if you just tease that out versus the entire United States, the state of Washington is actually trending in a good direction. And we talked about that a little bit in episode 85 that, hospital visits are actually going down week over week barely but they they have been going down so i'm encouraged by that um but yeah i was talking with my sister today and she's like how are we going to have a hundred to two hundred thousand deaths when there haven't even been half that many in the whole world yet and it's like yeah that's the the, the Figuring out how to accurately read data and interpret data right now is very important i think to our mental health yeah, they say 400,000 people die of the flu uh, every year. This is is three times, they say three times, uh, what is the word that I'm looking for, Ron? It's three times more... Uh, Severe? Contagious? Contagious, yeah, that's the word I was looking for. It's three times more contagious. Uh, and the flu in, in the United States kills close to 60,000 uh, people a year. But with this... Um, What's really interesting about it, they said, you know, a lot of times if it's people on the other side of 80, then they said if you're on the other side of 70, and then they brought it down to 60, and now they're beginning to see cases with people's in their 30s and 40s. We see that 1,400 New York police officers in the city of New York have tested positive. Uh, We see that just in China, 33 doctors uh, that worked in China have passed away. Uh, and they are no longer with us. And then we see just the shortages, the shortages of all the protective gear that we are asking these health and we're asking these healthcare workers to be on the front lines, but they don't have, as they say in the military, they don't have their beans and bullets. And you can see healthcare workers right now starting to get really upset about this. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of fear. And Ron, I think there's a lot of anger right now because we have to be really careful to bring it back around to China and how we treat China and how China uh, feels about the United States because a lot of this gear that we need right now is coming from China. Yeah, I mean, the anger that I feel is not towards China. It's towards our own government in a lot of ways of being flat-footed on this when they didn't have to be and you know, firing the pandemic response team 18 months ago and not replacing those jobs and you know, being heavy-handed or playing favorites when they're doling out stockpiles. Like, there's a lot of criticism that can go around. And, and I think uh, you know, China could have done a better job, but we could definitely have done a better job. No. All right. Finish this segment. Give us three to five things in in a daily routine uh, because you are a routine person. There's no doubt about it. And you've had a lot of great success in your life because of the routine. 
what what can people do? Kind of walk us through. Uh, well, I, I think it depends on, you know, I, I'm representing single people. You know, I live alone. And I think if you are someone that has a child or someone that has a spouse or if, if you're a family with four kids, this wouldn't apply to you. But I'll speak to people that are, are single, you know, treat. And I remember this from uh, the Race Across America. Don and I crewed when you're it's a bicycle race across America. And there was a, a famous writer in that. And he was losing ground towards the end of the race. And so he woke up. Uh, he told his team, we're staying in a hotel tonight. I'm going to actually sleep for four hours and then I'm going to take a shower and I'm going to put on clean clothes and I'm going to race like it's a new day. And so I always remembered that where, um, when you're feeling tired and ragged and worn down, get a good night's sleep and wake up. And uh, Stephen Colbert did the same thing. He put a suit on to do his show. He's like, I know I'm in my house. Uh, I'm not wearing shoes right now, but I put a suit on, I shaved, uh, I am performing this, I'm going to work, I am doing my job, and so I think if you are working from home, work, like get up, you know, put yourself together a little bit, you don't have to do full makeup or a full suit, but like take your sweatpants off and then have a routine. Like if you are a person that works out, work out. If you're a person that usually reads or journals, read and journal. If you uh, go outside, go outside and take a walk um, and, and schedule that into your appointments and then call somebody and talk to them and, and be vulnerable. And I think that those are the routines that I'm trying to do. No, yeah, I love that. Let's do this. Uh, we are live from the Les Schwab Studios. Uh, it's the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network, you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. And we can see, uh, as we have entered this pandemic, uh, all of, we, we thought that no one would listen because you're not in your cars, but uh, you're all listening, and we really appreciate that. We also really appreciate you. Uh, I know of pods of people right now that are in the Ron and Don Nation uh, that generationally now, are sitting down with family members and they are sitting behind sewing machines and they are making masks right now. There's also a local hospital here. You may have heard of it. The University of Washington, the medical center, is asking people to make masks. And if you don't have material and you run out of the elastic, they're asking you to make masks out of diapers. Let's talk about that next. It's the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Hey, you guys, now a word from Les Schwab. Uh, right now, quote, we're taking serious steps to help protect the health of our customers, our employees, and our communities. Based on guidance from the CDC and the World Health Organization, we have increased our cleaning and disinfecting efforts in every store. And we have temporarily shut down our popcorn machines and coffee service as an extra precaution. For those who have to keep moving in order to support our communities or to get the support that they need, we are committed to staying open as long as we can and as long as it aligns with the guidance from local health officials, like so many. There's so many businesses. We continually are monitoring the situation and we're evaluating how best to support and protect our employees and our communities. So don't forget, you guys. Les Schwab, they've been in the community for a long time, since 1952, and I can tell you, in being one of their spokesmen for the last 12 years, this is where Les Schwab really leans in, and they really help. So if you're listening to this, 
and you're out in a delivery truck right now, or if you're out in a semi, an 18, whatever it is, there is a Les Schwab near you. So make sure you pick up the phone, you give them a call, or find one just right on your smart device at leschwab.com. That's leschwab.com. Doing the right thing, you know it matters. All right, welcome back, you guys. It's episode 86 of the Ron and Don Show. Ron is live from the Les Schwab Studios right now in South Lake Union. I'm Don, and I am live from the Les Schwab Studios on Queen Anne. Ron, Q13 did a story yesterday about something that we're a bit involved in. The story's really not about us. It's really about a young woman. Her name is Ming Ming, and uh, she is on a mission uh, with seven women that she helps to mentor. And help me, because I didn't say this right yesterday. It's the refugee... Or, what did uh, I... I- I'm not, I'm going to, I don't know off the top of my head. Let me, let me look at it real quick. The Refugee Artist Initiative. uh, Initiative. There it is. And what they do, these are women from around the globe, from places like Hong Kong, from places like Afghanistan. And they have, they really have the ability to create wonderful things. And so what Ming Ming has done with her nonprofit is these women sit at home and instead of making wonderful things and trinkets that they sell online or they sell in local grocery stores, they are making masks. They are making face shields. They are making gowns. And the reason that they're doing that is the University of Washington, for instance, uh, they just put out a memo. And just so you know, to back up a moment, uh, if, if this was a month ago, and we wanted to create some masks or stop by our local hospital or drop something off, you wouldn't be able to do that. You'd have to go through a fire station or you would have to go with a police officer like I did up in Bellingham. And that's why we arranged it that way. You couldn't just drop things off at the hospital. That has changed. They now want you to drop things off at the hospital. They want you to go through your shed. Uh, They want you to go through your crawl space. They want you to go through your basement, through your boxes. Whatever it is that you have, do you have a spool of elastic somewhere that people can't find right now to make these surgical masks? Maybe you have uh, boxes and boxes and boxes of diapers uh, that you haven't used. Guess what? That could be a mask uh, in a hospital. These 95, these 95 masks that everybody is looking for, and if you go online, good luck trying to find one. Uh, Those will be coming, but they're not here yet. It could be weeks or months. And so what's happening is you have these local hospitals that are encouraging people to go into their garage, to go into their crawl space, their basement, wherever it is. And if you have some of these items, all you have to do is just Google the University of Washington, the Valley Medical Center, uh, making masks, and then their, their press release will pop up. And Ron, what's really amazing, they have a link in this press release on how you can actually make a mask out of, out of, out of a diaper. That is how serious this is right now, right? It's absolutely serious. And, and my mom was in the medical profession for 40 years, and you are trained that everything is disposable. And so, and that makes sense. So if you, if I went in and treated you for anything, uh, if you were a patient, I would leave that room. I would throw away the gloves. I throw away the mask. I throw away everything. And then I go to the next patient and I put on new gloves and a new mask because I don't want to spread any disorder. So like you're, that's just 101. 
you know, from medical school on or any sort of college training, whether you're a nurse or a phlebotomist or you work in the lab or, you know, you're in staff at a hospital, you are fastidious about that. And so you can imagine that you go through a lot of stuff. Uh, with this situation, you people are just being flooded, like the system is being flooded with cases all at once, and they just don't have it. And the, the real situation that happened here is the supply lines broke down. We talked about China in the first segment. Our dependence on China in manufacturing cheap goods, uh, in a sense, really contributed to this shortage. And again, it's not a blame to China. Like we, we could have had factories to build this stuff and we chose not to like that artist economy went in a different direction and we made choices as a country. And so, you know, we might need to look at that going forward. We have a lot of unemployed people, you know, should we think about as America, Hey, maybe some medicines and medical gear and things like gloves and then 95 masks and respirators and those sort of products. Maybe we should carve out factories in the United States in cities like Seattle or Detroit or New Orleans. Put people to work. We're going to pay a little bit more for them, but we are going to have a supply chain that is right here in our country. So if something like this happens again, uh, we can get it back up and running immediately and not go, oh, wow. That factory went down in China. We don't have any masks. Now we're making masks out of diapers. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's extraordinary, you guys. It is really extraordinary. Uh, and I know some families out there right now that have been energized by Ming Ming and the Refugee Artist Initiative. And they are starting to make masks around the clock, too. Uh, and as I said on episode 85, I know a group of people, a young girl, did not a so, so mom and grandmother are teaching her how, and they sent me a picture the other day, and they had made 18 masks already. And she's like, we'll bring these masks to you, and you can drop them off. And I said, you know what you should do is just contact your local authorities, contact your local hospital, uh, because chances are those masks are needed right now uh, in your own community. If you had a chance to watch a Q13 last night, our thanks to David Rose. Olivia Wilde also for picking up the story, the Refugee Artists Initiative. These are the women that Ron and I are working with. They are creating these masks. They are creating these face shields. They are making these gowns. And then I, I get to be Santa Claus. I get to take these things that they've spent hours upon hours and days upon days creating. And I simply just go and I drop these off uh, at different hospitals. So, you know, we've been to Monroe. Uh, we have also uh, been to Everett, and we dropped uh, masks off at one particular hospital. And now uh, those 800 masks have gone to five, uh, five different hospitals in Everett. We've also been up to Bellingham, and maybe you read that story about Trooper Reese in the Bellingham Herald. And now we're hearing from West Seattle, Ron. We're also hearing from UW Medical Center, as I mentioned, in Valley. And so in talking with Ming Ming and the Refugee Artist Initiative, they are making more masks, and we're going to drop some more off uh, tomorrow uh, on a Thursday. So, What, what did you uh, learn about yourself, and what did you learn about the Pacific Northwest and driving around delivering these goods? You know, I, 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 I'm really amazed that our healthcare workers, uh, their bravery, uh, their courage to be on the front lines, because now we're starting to see some of the statistics of uh, the healthcare workers that get sick and the healthcare workers, uh, nurses and doctors specifically that are on the front lines of this that have lost their lives to COVID-19. 
So we keep hearing that this is an old person, you know, disease. And what we're finding out is this is actually a disease that is destroying our healthcare system in some way. It certainly is lethal when it comes to healthcare workers uh, that are on the front lines. I also say this, when you drop off these masks, it's one thing to get a mask that's more functional. One woman had torn her mask off. She was a nurse. She'd had her mask on for 10 days. But you know what it says to that? It's like, wow, you care to sit down behind a sewing machine in the days where everything is automatic and Amazon.com. You care enough to sit down and take an hour and build a mask for me. This means the world to me. And in the nurses, the doctors, uh, those folks that work in emergency rooms and ICUs uh, that I've been lucky enough to meet, they are just legitimately touched that there are people around the country and around the world right now, around the clock, that are making these, these masks, they're making these gowns, and they're making these face shields. Yeah, it has been remarkable to watch. And um, I, I, it's not lost on me that when you see the actual women that are doing this, that they're all immigrants. They came to America uh, and were given an opportunity, and they're giving back. Like that just is really heartwarming to me. Yeah. So our thanks to Q13 and the Bellingham Herald for doing the story. And if you even want to know how to make a mask, Ron, you did something really cool in the newsletter uh, where we show people in the Ron and Don newsletter how to make a mask, right? Where did that come from? Yeah, I found it. You know what? The best thing to do would be to just go to uh, sign up for our newsletter. Maybe I'll send that out again uh, next week because I don't have – I think one of them was from Forbes. One of them was on uh, YouTube with a, that a doctor made, and, and one of them was with some patterns. So if you just go to ronandon.com, click on the microphone – put in your info, you'll be a subscribed to the newsletter and, and I'll, I'll send that out again because it was really good info. Yeah, and also look for uh, Ming Ming and the Refugee Artist Initiative if you want to contribute to that because maybe you can't make a mask. Uh, and I know it's a scary time to give away money. It just is. Uh, and I just do it anyway. And I don't give a lot. I give what I can because uh, I'm a single dad too. But just that act of giving and being a part of something that truly is bigger than yourself and to create fuel for these women and the refugee artists initiative, uh, to keep them going and to keep building masks and gowns, uh, and also these face shields. And since they've been on Q13 last night, they have more hospitals now, hospitals now that are reaching out to them. So let's see what we can do. All right. You can go to Ron's page, uh, just Ron Upshaw. Uh, on on Facebook, I'm Don O'Neill on Facebook, and you can see uh, there's a link for the Refugee Artist Initiative if you want to be a part of that. Hey, coming back, uh, Ron and I are brokers within Windermere, and in fact, on the day, the day before the shelter in place order was given, uh, we had a home that went pending, and on the day of uh, shelter in place. And so now there's a lot of talk within the real estate community. Uh, should realtors, what realtors do, uh, they represent you and your biggest life transaction. Is, is this an essential service? And within our own office, we have realtors that say, absolutely. And then we have other realtors that say, you know what? I'm going to create a petition on change.org 
And absolutely not. Let's talk about that. Live from Les Schwab Studios, it's the Ron and Don Show. They heard your plea. Now you got three. Three episodes of the Ron and Don Show. Coming back in a minute. Don't go anywhere, you guys. Hey, Ron and Don here for Les Schwab, and they sent us this message. The safety of the customers of Les Schwab and its employees is a top priority. We're committed to staying open to provide necessary services to our customers, particularly those we all rely on for essential services and who cannot self-isolate as long as we can and as long as it aligns with guidance from local health officials. We're taking serious steps to help protect the health of our customers, employees, and communities. Based on guidance from the CDC and the World Health Organization, we increased our cleaning and disinfecting efforts in every store and have temporarily shut down our popcorn machines in coffee service as an extra precaution. Anyone who's had an unexpected flat tire, brake trouble, or a dead battery knows why our customers depend on us to help ensure their vehicle is safe and reliable, even during these unusual times. We want to thank our store employees who remain dedicated to helping our community get where they need to go. For those of you who have to keep moving in order to support our communities or to get the support they need we're committed to staying open as long as we can and as long as it aligns with the guidance from local health officials like so many other businesses we're continually monitoring the situation and evaluating how best to support and protect our employees and communities all right you guys welcome back to the ron and don show we are live from the les schwab studios ron let's talk about real estate a little bit because you and i uh, we experienced something very unique before the shelter in place. The real estate market was just ripping. And then the shelter in place happened. And I think it created a lot of fear and a lot of t- people tapped the brakes, which guess what? I think you should tap the brakes on something like this. Uh, now is this pandemic and the shelter in place order could go on, not just for weeks. I think it could go on uh, for months and at least 45 days now, according to the white house, uh, and Governor Inslee, it seems like he's come out now and they'll continue and continue to stretch this. Uh, real estate, is it is it essential when we are at a point where we're shelter in place? There's a lot of things that we can do on computers and we can fly drones and create great pictures for people. Uh, and a lot of this sight unseen, you could sell a home sight unseen. Uh, but within our own office, Ron, there's this conversation of, should realtors be out there selling property or should they just be out there being good uh, citizens? And when we get on the other side of this, then we'll worry about that. Uh, it, uh, the answer that I've come up with is it depends. There's so many factors here and, and I appreciate people that are saying we should shut it down. But I also think about there's a hundred scenarios I can come up with on the other side. So people have lost their jobs. So that might necessitate a move. Uh, people have had babies in this time that could necessitate a move. You have people who have lost a parent in this that could necessitate the sale of a house. So we could go on and on and on with different scenarios. There are also, uh, I think 14,000 transactions in process right now in Washington state. And the end result of this could be homelessness. So if you've uh, left a lease and you were buying um, or vice versa, and other people have made arrangements because you said, I'm going to do this thing. Now what happens? Like a chain of events can, can, if you change your mind, an entire chain of event that affects a lot of different people uh, can dominoes start to fall. So I think there's not a one-size-fits-all answer to this. 
Um, and the problem is, and I think this is where it comes from with the debate that's going on in our office, is that there are a lot of motivations um, and there are agents that could be motivated by like, hey, I got to pay my bills. I got to get this done. I'm motivated by maybe something that's not pure, uh, entirely altruistic. And so that agent's going to shave some corners. It's going to, um, you know, do things maybe in an underhanded way. And it taints the whole system. Uh, but there are other people that are like, what is best for my client right now? What is best for these people? If your motivation is pure, then it really depends. And if you're trying to do things the right way and you're not cutting corners, I think there could be a way uh, to do this. Now, do we have the mechanism to adjudicate each case? No. You're trusting people to do the right thing. And I think that's what causes some people to go, let's just shut it down because we can't trust the system as it's built. What do you think? Well, I think what's really hard is about shutting things down because you don't know everyone's pain threshold. And as you said, I think on episode uh, 85, what, what did you say about people and their savings? Did you say most Americans or half America, half, half? Oh, most people half? don't, don't have any money in their savings account. Yeah. Like, like zero dollars. Like I think at least half of people in America. And what we don't know because we've been basing our curve on China's curve. And now we find out that, wow, maybe what's happening in Italy, because Italy is still rolling. I mean, it is still happening in Italy. This thing's exploding there. Uh, And we're seeing this happen now in the Middle East and other places. So this could continue to go on for months. And you may be in a situation where if this were to go on for months, that it would bankrupt you and it would just wreck you financially, but you own a home. And in that home, basically the home is your bank account. And maybe you can't go out and get a HELOC right now and borrow against that. So maybe selling is the option. And again, if the government could give us a day and say, you know what? Hey, June 1st, this is all over with. Uh, let's make plans. And then we'll, we'll all start our real estate journeys after June 1st. The problem is, Ron, the, the government keeps moving the goalposts. Uh, and I think they're going to keep, I, I think there's a few, few more moves with those goalposts. So it's really hard to plan around that if you're someone that doesn't have a lot of savings, but you have a lot of money locked up in your house. Yeah. Well, and then the other side of the equation, too, is um, people still move, people still get changed jobs. Like, like there are people that need to rent, people that need to sell. Like the, human being factor of this. Uh, I saw a guy here on my walk today that was clearly a contractor doing contractor work. Part of my brain is like, should I turn that guy in? He's not supposed to be doing contractor work right now. The other part of me is like, that guy probably needs the money. He's out here. He appears to be trying to be conscientious. Um, I saw some people removing some trees Should I tell those guys, you're not allowed to remove trees right now because uh, of the governor's order or or prove to me that you're essential? Like, I think there, as you just referenced, there are some people who need to work. Uh, If they don't work, they are not going to be able to make ends meet. And when you think about, uh, I was talking to a buddy of mine today, it's like, hey, my son is going to get $1,200. It's like his rent every month is $1,800. So like while it's appreciated on one level, 
I don't know if it's going to get the job done long term. And, you know, that, that could be a short term fix, but it's definitely not a long term fix. Yeah. Anyway, you guys, I think it's I think you hit it on the head, Ron. I think it's every every situation is different. And I don't think we can get too judgy of what other people are trying to do. Uh, because maybe there's a real estate agent out there that's helping someone save their credit uh, and is helping them. Because uh, as you said, people still continue to move. We're working with some clients right now where they already moved. They're moved. And they have a vacant house here in Seattle. And they don't want that vacant house just sitting there in Seattle because now they have a double mortgage that they have to pay. So, um, so I think we have to be really careful about being too judgy about that. So, hey, before we get out of here, I uh, just want to remind you once again, the Refugee Artists Initiative, uh, they are making masks, face shields, gowns around the clock. And with some help from David Rose and Olivia Wilde last night on Q13, their story has gotten out. Uh, and also the Everett, uh, Everett, Everett Herald and the Bellingham Herald, I think they, they built their stories on this. Um, if you can help them financially in any way, uh, that would be awesome. Um, they continue to order uh, materials and make these masks, and we'll continue to drop them off. Again, we're headed to Renton to the UW Medical Center uh, Thursday night, and then we're also heading over uh, to West Seattle. And then um, something we're going to tell you about on the on the next episode is there's something really cool going on with restaurants. And because of what's happening here collectively with restaurants, they're all working together to help feed first responders. It started back in New Jersey where a woman said they're going to feed first responders uh, for the next month. Well, that's lit a fire and that's happening in our community too. So we'll have an opportunity to talk about that and how you can be a part of that uh, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. All right. Hey, it's Ron and Don reminding you to keep your head up, your shoulders back. We will see you in just a couple hours for the next episode of The Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network.